We're not doing anything tonight. Uh, WCBN has a DJ spinning music down at uh, Arbor Brewing in collaboration with Top of the Park Goes Dark, quote-unquote. So it's uh, called 33 and a Third Reading Extravaganza, and I believe the featured artist this evening is uh, the Velvet Underground and Nico. And I attended last week, and Delisi did a uh, superb job uh, featuring Tim Buckley, and Jeff Buckley was actually the feature of the uh, presentation, uh, and Michael uh, did a superior job spinning uh, musical selections in collaboration with Ann DeLisi, who, of course, has been involved with public radio here in the D- greater Detroit area for uh, many years at WDET. So uh, it is happy hour down there at the Arbor Brewing. And Arbor Brewing is a fabulous uh, establishment here in town that does a lot of charitable work. Uh, One of their great uh, regular things is the Sunday breakfast for the homeless that they do every month. And you'd have to check out the details on which Sunday that is, but they have a discounted breakfast brunch sort of thing uh, once a month on a particular Sunday. So I highly recommend going there if you're doing nothing and uh, later on tonight of course uh, game six of the Stanley Cup playoffs is uh, on the bill and I haven't seen any of the games I've been watching basketball but uh, I guess we'll just dispose of the LeBron James uh, media extravaganza very quickly Uh, LeBron James of course achieved something uh, this past uh, these past two years that only two players in the history of the NBA have ever done Bill Russell and Michael Jordan Enough said. LeBron James is in a category of four players in the history of the NBA that can be called the greatest player of all time. Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and you can throw in Wilt Chamberlain uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, No one's ever scored 100 points in a game. And Wilt Chamberlain averaged 22.9 rebounds a game for his career. So LeBron James is certainly, uh, those four players are in an elite category. And LeBron James has removed all doubt as they say. In any event, uh, obviously, a little bit of a heat wave here uh, for the entire eastern United States. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, global warming, how appropriate that uh, our leaking uh, friend uh, Ed Snowden Mm. is on the move. And I'm kind of wondering, this is starting to almost turn into a Hollywood movie, whether this is going to turn out more like Three Days of the Condor <laughs> or the Parallax View, which was a, these, these were both superb mid to early 70s movies uh, about uh, leaking, spying, and cover ups. And conspiracies, right? And uh, conspiracies. Both very good thrillers indeed. Uh, Jim Dwyer here joining the program a little late. Um, yeah, actually, Parallax View is unavailable uh, at the moment. Uh, really? Yeah, it's not in print in any format. Uh, too bad, because it's, I think, a very good film. It shows every now and then on Turner Movie Classics. Yeah. So I highly recommend it if you ever get a chance. It's uh, uh, an early Warren Beatty movie, and uh, it obviously has some uh, relevance to the Kennedy assassination, to say the least. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but uh, this this Snowden fellow indeed does seem to begin. You know, the, the more you think about it, uh, this guy's. If the story is is legit, he's living. He's pretty young. He's living in uh, a regal sort of splendor. He's got this property in Hawaii. Um, that's an awful lot to give up, uh, you know, in a sort of a sacrifice, self-sacrifice to spill the beans on something that you consider to be uh, ethically or morally wrong. Well, the thing that's odd about the story, in my opinion, was the, you know, the publication of his leaked information preceded himself revealing himself right. to the public. He did that voluntarily, and I think that he's gotten rather poor legal advice. Uh, it's no coincidence that his uh, journey, or sojourn, if we uh, want to use that word, seems to be uh, including China, Russia, Cuba, Venezuela, and possibly Ecuador. But I don't know that uh, taking legal advice from Julian Assange is such a good idea, and I think he's gotten poor legal advice so far. So I'll give him a brain damage award uh, on one score. However, I think that it's quite silly of the United States government to charge this fellow with espionage. Uh, this is not espionage. This is just simply old-fashioned leaking right and the question of course is is this whistleblowing or is it leaking and i think that there is a gray matter pardon the expression involved in this whole process but leaking is how news is uh, revealed to the public leaking goes on every day in the u.s government and it's rather impossible for the, well in every government in every government yeah, yeah this is just simply how this is how journalists information operate. is exchanged right and this is why the new york times Generally, is this is the newspaper that will break these kinds of stories. Occasionally, the Washington Post has beaten them to the punch, but in this particular instance, it was the Guardian, uh, out of London. Whatever. Um, I think that it's also important to realize that there's a big difference between Snowden's situation. Uh, after all, uh, he was an ex-CIA worker. <laughs> uh, I think it's rather odd, by the way, that he did not finish high school, which uh, shows once again, we'll give the CIA a brain damage award. I'm not too sure that people who don't graduate from high school should be working uh, for the government in any form. Well, the kid... Obviously, he's smart. Yeah, he GED was probably, is fine, right. but there's something about dropping out of high school that shows poor judgment at an early age. Well, it shows a, a lack of uh, character, in a way, social skills. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the give and take of uh, working with others. And I think uh, he's got a, a little bit of a similarity there with Julian Assange, uh, who's also uh, holed up still now in the uh, uh, London Ecuadorian ambassadorial compound, so to speak. Uh, these are our different cases, and by the way, I noticed that there is a documentary showing at the Michigan Theater. About the WikiLeaks, yeah. Yeah, and I'm actually planning on seeing that sometime this week. I've read several books on the Assange case, and also it's important to realize there is a big difference between uh, Snowden's situation and Manning. Manning was in the United States Army, and uh, he's being court-martialed. He's not being prosecuted by the justice department per se he is subjected uh, under military uh, the uniform code of military justice to military rules and regulations so he's in a completely different situation and that situation by the way is completely different from daniel ellsberg mm -hmm. because his name has been thrown into this too 
obviously the relevance of the Daniel Ellsberg case is connected to A, Watergate, uh, which we're celebrating the 40th anniversary this year in many ways, and Gray Matters has done a number of stories on that. But also the Pentagon Papers case, of course, is a, an issue about prior restraint in which the government is allowed to publish leaks, so to speak, even though the law is technically being broken. Um, and, of course, there are numerous media examples uh, in, over the past couple of weeks of uh, um, reporters trying to be forced to reveal their sources. Prior restraint and the Pentagon Papers case, which was decided in 1971, is very different from downloading um, government information and uh, giving it to the media. Uh, the Pentagon Papers case, by the way, is, is related to the fact that uh, former Defense Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara had commissioned a sort of comprehensive cross-governmental agency study of the Vietnam War. It was basically a historical document, and it did not reveal secrets. In fact, it was largely a matter of the historical record because it goes back to the French colonial days, yes. the fall at Dien Bien Phu. Uh, these are just facts. Facts that Americans needed to know and should have known more about uh, while uh, the uh, Johnson administration and the Nixon administration were cis systematically lying to the American people. Obviously, the first American to die in Vietnam ironically died six weeks after VJ Day, VJ Day in 1945. Uh, he was OSS. McNamara, of course, became a disillusioned hawk. He was the or or originator of the strategic bombing of North Vietnam that ended up uh, in failure while the North Vietnamese uh, infiltrated the South through the infamous Ho Chi Minh Trail and all sorts of other uh, operations. Uh, it's fascinating to note, by the way, that in the uh, 2004 election regarding the uh, swift boating of John Kerry, that John Kerry was the one telling the truth. They were trying to claim that he had lied about being in Cambodia. Well, of course, he was in Cambodian territorial waters on a swift boat. It was the American government lying about being in Cambodia, not John Kerry. Uh, he was just following orders. Uh, he was a lieutenant or maybe a second lieutenant, I don't remember his rank at the time. But these things are important because I think there's a difference between revelations, historical, uh, a historical document like the Pentagon Papers. By the way, there's several different versions of the so-called Pentagon Papers. The New York Times and Washington Post were temporarily prevented from publishing, mm -hmm. and they went to court. And that was the case. That's called the Pentagon Papers case. And it involved prior restraint in the First Amendment. Uh, whistleblowing and leaking is a little different. As I said last week, I have always been suspicious of uh, moder the modern technology uh, pace at which these products are being developed in which there's no legislation to protect the public and privacy. Um, people that... Are go on to Facebook. I think that's become really a sort of a quaint concept at this point. Yeah. Uh, most people are unaware of the extent to which their privacy is uh, continually breached, and uh, others have simply stopped caring. 
Exactly, and it's even remarkable now that when you take a photograph with a uh, cell phone camera, that uh, photograph can be uh, pinpointed as to where you exactly are using GPS, and that information can be easily hacked. And I think there are a number of technology problems that, needless to say, Congress is not dealing with in any substantive way. Uh, they're uh, continuing to uh, argue endlessly about immigration and uh, do nothing about gun control, for instance. Uh, well, and there's still another contingent of people who probably are completely comfortable with the idea, uh, thinking along the lines of, well... If monitoring everybody's cell phones allows them to catch people like the Boston Marathon bombers, well, then I'm okay with that. Yeah, but needless to say, they caught them after the fact. Right. <laughs> so there, there is a certain sense there that there was, and, and, and I mean the revelations involving that uh, situation are uh, troubling to some degree because uh, one of the fellows was put on a fairly substantive watch list and it's very mm -hmm. interesting to note that uh snowden at the moment is uh apparently in moscow he's not en route to uh, havana yet and the united states uh, in fact john Kerry had a uh, press conference today he's now secretary of state former presidential candidate former senator from massachusetts uh, in which he discussed how the new, uh, russian government and american government have been cooperating on the war on terrorism and that there have been a uh, quote-unquote prisoner exchanges. Now, I think that the charge of espionage is absurd, uh, but whistle leaking and unauthorized disclosure of classified information is a different story. I don't think that Snowden's revelations are all that in, you know, surprising to me. I've been aware of this, uh, these shenanigans for many, many years now. In fact, I got an update, by the way, on the uh, AT&T story, the infamous room in San Francisco in which AT&T uh, sort of uh, unlocked the door for the NSA in which they could monitor uh, phone uh, exchanges, etc. That, that happened in 2006, and that was revealed on public television mm. openly. Uh, so we've known about this, uh, what what the NSA has been up to for quite some time. I guess the real question is, what is the uh, role of Congress here? What are they investigating? They seem to love the uh, Benghazi story, but I haven't heard too many substantive calls for investigations into what's actually going on related to the Patriot Act. And of course, since they almost overwhelmingly, almost unanimously voted for it, without asking the enough questions at the time they've handed the keys to the uh, pumpkin carriage <laughs> and it's getting close to midnight and cinderella is going to turn back into uh cinderella well and you wonder if the uh the tea party contingent are going to uh back away from the uh, incredible powers given to the federal government under the uh patriot act yeah, and, uh, you know, once again, many comparisons are being made um, about Snowden to Ellsberg, Assange, and uh, Bradley Manning, but I think it's important to understand the differences and to appreciate that at some level, I think that Snowden voluntarily exposed himself. Uh, why he did this, I'm a little unclear. He revealed 
just for the record, they had published stories, uh, the Guardian had published these NSA stories uh, earlier in the week of uh, early June 2013, and he voluntarily uh, went online in a 12-minute video on Sunday, quoting here from Mark Mazzetti and Michael Schmidt, 61013 New York Times, it says on a 12-minute video interview, he went online Sunday, Edward Joseph Snowden calmly answered questions about his journey from being a well-compensated government contractor with nearly unlimited access to American intelligence secrets, uh, secrets to being holed up in a Hong Kong hotel room, the subject of a U.S. Invest investigation, with the understanding that he may spend the rest of his life in jail. Well, he didn't need to tell everybody that he was the uh, source of the uh, story. And it's there's no doubt in my mind, uh, given uh, uh, Glenn uh, Greenwald's uh, sort of crusade on this issue, that uh, he wouldn't have revealed uh, Snowden's name. So there's something a little odd here, I think, that involves a sort of... Narcissus, narcissus complex or calling attention to oneself i don't know it's uh better grab my 15 minutes now before it's too late yeah like he sort of jumped the gun uh and really compounded his problems in enormously never mind giving up his job oh and booze allen and hamilton <laughs> fired him oh <laughs> well did he uh, resign or was he fired <laughs> Sounds like he went on the lam before he got fired. Maybe he didn't give notice. He quit his job without notice. Bad form. Bad form. Uh, so, you know, I have some sympathy for the young man, but I think that the media is, and the government in particular, is overstating what he's revealed. That's just my opinion. I, I, I've, I've known all about this NSA monitoring of emails and phone calls for many years well i i want to know uh what sort of money contractors uh to the intelligence services are, are getting paid here because this guy had quite the place in hawaii well i <laughs> it's quite a layout guys they reported that he was making as much as 200 g's a year and i did find that booze allen and hamilton don't forget hamilton yeah hamilton joe frank and reynolds not to be confused with uh Mr. Alexander Hamilton, but uh, they uh, uh, made $1.3 billion uh, in fiscal year 2011. So they're being compensated quite um, generously. And, of course, the whole creation of the Department of Homeland Security that now has so many layers of bureaucracy, they're rather hard to keep track of. Uh, who's in charge? Who's on first? What's on second? Well, we, Abbott and Costello. I yeah, mean, this we, is turning into the Keystone Cops. And we still really don't know. I mean, one of the reasons that, that this whole uh, institution was, was created was to prevent a situation whereby various intelligence agencies are in competition with each other. And we still don't know the extent to which they are functioning uh, as one. Uh, I doubt very much that that's happening. But the CIA, the FBI, the arm, each branch of the armed services has its own intelligence gathering apparatus. And, of course, one of the big uh, discussions after 9-11 was, oh, everybody knew a little bit of the story, but nobody was sharing the information. So, uh, gee, too bad. The um, stovepipe. 
yeah. syndrome. Yeah. So uh, we still don't know uh, whether or not that's been improved, despite the vast quantities of cash that have been uh, invested. Now, of course, in response to the Ellsberg uh, ruling, the so-called Pentagon Papers case, in uh, which the Supreme Court ruled on behalf of the New York Times in 1971, and they were uh, duly allowed to publish. In fact, it was just this time of year in 1971. I think it was... Uh, I think the ruling might have actually come out on the 30th of June. The name seems to kind of ring a bell, but it was in response to that that Richard Nixon, of course, came up with the plumber's unit. He'd already been up. Stop those leaks. He'd already been uh, uh, working on the Houston plan. Uh, he was dissatisfied with uh, the intelligence that he was getting. And, of course, Nixon was interested in all sorts of uh, intelligence, what his political opponents were up to. He wanted dirt on the uh, anti-war protesters. He certainly wanted to throw a communism uh, around wherever he could possibly um, do it. That was part of his whole modus operandi dating back to the his uh, tenure on the HUAC committee back in the late 40s. Uh, the plumbers, of course, um, ended up... Uh, having uh, distinguished uh, fellows like E. Howard Hunt and G. Gordon Liddy on the team. And uh, the, it's important to remember that Ellsberg never won his case on the merits of the case. He won the case. The case was thrown out because of the actions of the plumbers. Uh, recall, of course, that E. Howard Hunt sported a wig, false mustache, glasses, and a some sort of uh, device to give himself a limp while they broke into Ellsberg's psychiatrist's office. Which they then proceeded to trash. Yeah, uh, to make it look like a drug. Right. Uh, files thrown everywhere, of course, some files taken. And they gleefully noted that they made it look like junkies looking for pills. <laughs> well, the poison pill ended up backfiring. There's no on pills in the file cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, the, you know, the Ellsberg case was thrown out by the judge hearing it. Governmental misconduct. Uh, I don't believe there's been any breaking and entering by the FBI in the Snowden case, but I guess time will tell. But uh, he strikes me as uh, somewhat misguided at this point regarding his future because... Uh, <laughs> First of all, there are very complex extradition treaties with many countries involving the United States. Uh, Ecuador seems to be stepping forward for the time being, but let's recall that Ecuador, throughout most of its history, has been actually very a loyal ally of the United States. Currently has a kind of left-wing government, but that can change in a jiffy. And it's interesting to note that some of Ecuador's uh, animosity towards the United States is undoubtedly associated with the Chevron oil uh, conglomerate polluting uh, the waters in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. believe it's Chevron. Exxon Mobil may be involved as well. Uh, BP uh, rings a bell as well. So I think we're talking about the seven dirty sisters here. Well, they're called the Big Sisters or the Seven Sisters or whatever, but uh, Ecuadorian uh, indigenous people have seen uh, their w sources of water and their land ruined by oil spills and pollution connected to the petrochemical business. 
So who knows if that's part of this. But uh, Assange's situation, just for the record, is completely different. Um, he is resisting um, going to Sweden. Sweden wants to question him in a sexual assault case. And he is overstating a little bit what America is seeking in this. Uh, he hasn't been indicted. The Justice Department has probably been conducting a bit of an investigation, but I think that the WikiLeaks thing has sort of gone by the wayside in relevance. Now, it's interesting that the WikiLeaks organization seems to be assisting Snowden here, and certainly there's going to be a groundswell of international opinion at some levels of sympathy for what Snowden did and his predicament at this point. But uh, Julian Assange is uh, an Australian citizen. Whether he can be tried in America is unclear. Recall that Sweden was neutral in both World War I and World War II, and they are probably one of the few com countries in the world that can say no to the United States. They don't depend on the United States for much. In fact, they probably hold more debt than we sell in exports. But many countries, of course, are going to comport with the desires of the U.S. government uh, regarding extradition because of economic uh, necessity, issues involving uh, capital flow and or trade or commerce, whatever. Those are complicated relations. But Sweden is uh, a country of 8 million people uh, per capita income, much higher than the United States. And I, I find our, uh, Assange's argu uh, argument about fearing extradition to the United States by Sweden somewhat bogus. That's just my opinion. <laughs> well, from uh, the uh, intelligence uh, stories, uh, which typically uh, focus around one individual, one outspoken leaker or whistleblower or what have you, uh, other big story of the last week have been the protests in Brazil uh, and Turkey, uh, among other places. Of course, there's also we'll we'll have to uh, be patient and see uh, what's going to happen uh, June 30th in Cairo as uh, people have been gathering signatures to uh, throw out the just barely uh, uh, elected uh, with a very slim majority uh, the Islamist president. Uh, of Egypt and of course Brazil which is uh, supposedly going to be hosting the uh, next Olympics and World Cup uh, we could be seeing a, a long summer of uh, popular unrest yeah and of course the Brazil uh, protests are specifically related to the bus bus fare increase <laughs> they raised the rates uh, rather uh, precipitously and substantially on ordinary people so that's but uh, yeah, when there's enough ordinary people uh, to, to you know get upset about this, uh, it makes a big difference. So uh, economic unrest, I guess, is Brazil's uh, situation. I think that uh, that situation is supposedly in negotiations. There's possibly going to be some resettling or resetting of those bus rates yeah well you know it, it of course goes to other things roads schools hospitals yeah. etc social infrastructure which of course we've seen diminish in quality and uh support for it here uh 
And, of course, part of the unrest is connected to the fact that they are hosting the World Cup and the Olympics. Right, and so lots of development money, a lot of uh, attention being spent to what one uh, protester was saying, uh, sort of a, a, a makeup job on, uh, on the city of Rio. Um, very superficial cosmetic uh, dusting over. Uh, and, of course, this is not unusual because we see this with the modern Olympics. Uh, wherever the summer games are uh, scheduled to occur, there's always a lot of local uh, popular protest yeah. about, hey, you know, it's great to have the Olympics and everything. These jobs are nice, but, you know, when the Olympics go, we got empty stadiums. So uh, there's got to be a way for the Olympics to... Uh, you know, get more active in helping the people who live in these areas where the uh, construction is going to occur. It's uh, it's a very short-sighted uh, outfit to just sort of plop down new developments every four years willy-nilly. Yeah, and it's ironic that, of course, uh, Spain and, and uh, Greece were two of the hosts of Olympics in mm -hmm. recent years. Uh, speaking of uh, economic unrest in uh beleaguered uh, nations around the world. Well, actually, another former Olympic site uh, devastated uh, for different reasons is Calgary. Uh, the flooding in Calgary uh, has uh, flooded the uh, Saddledome uh, Arena where oh, the Calgary yeah. Flames mm -hmm. hockey team play, where this was built for the Winter Olympics that were held in Calgary some years back. Uh, of course, there's been uh, massive flooding in northern India, too, where thousands are dead. Uh, we don't have as many uh, casualties in uh, Alberta, thankfully, but uh, lots and lots of property damage. Uh, storms increasingly severe and uh, and one wonders in potent. Canada and one wonders in Canada just parenthetically if part of the flooding might might be connected ever so vicariously to the Alberta tar sands. Mm -hmm. Recall that they have cleared out trees the size of Vermont uh, to dig into that uh, turf. And uh, disrupted the uh, water tables. Yeah, the water tables of the uh, Calcasca. I think it's called the Cal Calabasca uh, watershed. It's If you look at a map seventh, of Western Canada. biggest in the world. Yeah, I, I mean, of course, here in Michigan, where we take great pride in the Great Lakes, you know, and we're surrounded by the largest, you know, concentration of fresh water. Uh, in the world, but you look across the uh, Western Canadian Plains and the, uh, the the waterways there, the lake and river system is complex and uh, was once pristine, but now these coal tar sands are uh, really jeopardizing the entire network. Well, we'd like to thank Andrew for engineering this evening here on Gray Matters. You have been listening to WCBN-FM here in the, the fine city of Ann Arbor. I was always curious uh, from uh, an item that I, uh, an item in the news that always kind of amused me a couple of years ago, and somehow I came across this regarding pink slime. Oh, yeah. This is from Texas, dated March 27th, 2012. Texas, of course, has been in the news because there's been a big controversy about the uh, uh, ammonium nitrate stored at this uh, petrochemical facility in West Texas. Blew up the same week as the uh, marathon bombing. Yeah, and Boston. the Texas officials are somehow requesting that this be declared a federal disaster area. Now, federal disaster areas are usually declared based on acts of God, storms, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, etc., not corporate malfeasance. And there seems to be, have been a massive cover-up regarding the storage of this ammonium nitrate. Well, we'll save pink slime for next week.
Uh, it's always a, uh, an amusing concept, to say the least, for your summertime barbecue season. So stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling with Jerry Mack coming up next.